Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Guarantee. Guarantee is the nothing personal word of the day. Guarantees being thrown around. I guarantee that we will win the Super Bowl. I guarantee that we will win the World Series. I guarantee that you will get your money. Why is guarantee the word of the day? Because the biggest story of the day. It's history. Patrick Mahomes has signed a 27-year, $7.5 billion contract. It's amazing. Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl-winning quarterback, the son of the pitcher who I saw pitch for the Mets, Patrick Mahomes, signed a contract yesterday, and everyone lost their minds. Everyone was on Twitter saying, this is the biggest contract in the history of sports. Bigger than Mike Trout. Bigger than... Giancarlo Stanton, Bryce Harper. No, it's not. I will not let people listening and watching nothing personal to be led astray by the musings of the crazed media who are trying to have as much hyperbole as possible all contained within a single full screen graphic. Just not going to let you fall prey victim into that. So what? To happen yesterday, exactly. Well, it started with the report that Patrick Mahomes was about to sign a record-breaking deal. Then it was rumored that Patrick Mahomes signed a 12-year deal. Then it was rumored that he signed a 12-year deal worth $450 million. Then it was rumored he signed a 10-year deal worth $450 million. Then a 10-year deal $500 million. Then a 12-year deal worth $500 million. Well, here's exactly what Patrick Mahomes did. He signed a 10-year extension, which starts two years from now because he still has two years left on his current deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. The 10-year extension is worth approximately $450 million. That's $45 million per year. Not $503 $503 million over 10 for an average annual value of $50.3 million, which people on CBS, among other networks, were saying an AAV of $50.3 million. That beats the current second best of $35 million. Where is Dak Prescott going to fall the quarterback for the Cowboys, who hasn't been signed by Jerry Jones? He got the franchise tender, which we talked about on Nothing Personal. And we said to you that he's got till July 15th, which is roughly in eight days to sign a long-term deal. What will happen to Dak Prescott? Will he even get to $50.3 million? No, because Patrick Mahomes did not get to $50.3 million. It then became clear what the $503 million number was. He's got bonuses in this contract. Here, let me just give you an example of the insanity of people saying he signed a $503 million contract. 
Starting in year one of the 10-year deal, which is the 2023 season, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, one. So it starts in the 22 season, right? 2020, I forgot what year we're in. So from 2022 to 2031, if Patrick Mahomes gets into the Super Bowl every single year, meaning they've won the AFC championship 10 years in a row and Patrick Mahomes is the league MVP 10 years in a row, then he gets a bonus each of those years of two and a half million dollars, two and a half times 10 is $25 million. And you add $25 million to the guarantee and you get to $503 million. Who's paying attention? That math doesn't add up. How can you have 10 years at 45 a year, which equals 450 and then add 25? That's only 475. Where's the rest of the money? Oh, I forgot to mention. No, I didn't. He's got a contract for this year and next year. This year, he's around two to three million dollars. The year after, he's around 25 to 27 million dollars. Add those two years plus the 10 years at 45 plus the 25 million he can get by winning the MVP every single year, getting to the Super Bowl every single year, which by the way, not going to happen. Then you get to $503 million. So congratulations. That sounds like the biggest contract ever. Oh, another thing that they forgot to mention. Not all of it is guaranteed. How can that be? Because in football, unlike baseball, contracts are not guaranteed. Only a percentage is, and that percentage depends on the contract. Aaron Rodgers signed a four-year extension with the Green Bay Packers recently. Remember all that hubba blue? Is hubba blue the word, Coca? Hoopa palab? Hubba blib. It's when there's all sorts of crazy talk. There was a lot of hubba boo about his four-year extension. That was $98 million of guaranteed dollars for Aaron Rodgers. Then you've got that quarterback for the Falcons, Matt Ryan. He has the record, $100 million of guaranteed dollars in his contract. Did Pat Mahomes go all the way from 100 guaranteed to 500 guaranteed? Negative. The pattern is full. Patrick Mahomes' guarantee is $140 million. Hmm. Who has a contract bigger than $140 million? Anyone on the Yankees want to raise your hand? That's you. Yes, it's true, Garrett Cole. Yes, you do. Anyone else? Yeah, I got you, Max Scherzer. I know. And Verlander and Cabrera. Obviously, we know Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. I know. Mike Trout? Yeah. Every dollar of Mike Trout's contract is guaranteed. Do you know what the Kansas City Chiefs can do to Patrick Mahomes if he gets hurt? They can say, bye-bye. Thanks for everything. No, that really wasn't a half a billion dollar contract. That was a $140 million contract. By the way, here's another little nugget. The $140 million only becomes guaranteed two years from now. The only thing that's guaranteed today for Patrick Mahomes is $60 million. That's it. He is guaranteed if he gets hurt in the first play from scrimmage that he will get $60 million. It's nothing to sneeze at. Hachu, hachu. It's 35 to $40 million after taxes. 
It's not right. It's not half a billion. Gross. Then if the extension starts two years from now, he gets another $80 million guaranteed for a total guarantee of $140 million. Then this contract is what we would call in baseball as a year-to-year team option. Every year. So who's got the flexibility? Who's got the advantage? The Chiefs. Everyone is saying, wow, congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. Congratulations, what? You parlay the fact that you may be the best young quarterback of all time. You've got the super agent Lee Steinberg negotiating for you, and you got $140 million guaranteed. Yes, it is 40% more than any guarantee than the highest previous one. So congrats on that. But you've got to perform and you've got to stay healthy. Yes, you could take out an insurance policy on injuries, death, any sort of insurance policy to maybe get to the half a billion dollars if you can no longer play. But I'll bet you a dollar right now, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, that you're not going to policy that large because the premium will be so large that you simply won't want to pay that out of pocket today. So why would Patrick Mahomes or the Kansas City Chiefs sign a deal like this? For the Chiefs, my biggest issue is they have no idea what the salary cap is going to be going forward. So let's pretend the salary cap this year is $198 million, rounded up to $200 million. Let's say that it doesn't grow. Well, you're telling me, and you'd be correct, that the NFL salary cap has grown every year. Guess what? There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is COVID. And COVID says, I think the revenues are going to be down in the NFL, and I think the salary cap is going to be down. So each year, the salary cap may recover if there are fans allowed in the NFL, which, by the way, we don't know if there will be fans allowed in the NFL. We don't even know if there's going to be games in the NFL. But each year, the Chiefs have an opportunity to make a choice as to what percentage they will give their quarterback. There was a great stat that only one quarterback has won a Super Bowl, and that was Steve Young making having 11.8% of the total payroll. I'm making that number up. I think I'm right. I saw the tweet. I can't remember. I've got a little bit of a brain cloud, just like Joe versus the volcano. Look it up. It's a good movie. It's with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Patrick Mahomes will be making more than that in several years, assuming the cap does not grow, obviously, more than his salary would. It's very hard to build a winning football team around just a quarterback. Is there a chance they can do it? Yeah. But if the cap doesn't get high enough, Do you know what the Chiefs do to Patrick Mahomes? They let him go. They say, we're not picking up your option. You're not going to get your roster bonus. You're not getting your half a billion dollars over 10 years or the chance to win the MVP and get to the Super Bowl because we won't get to the Super Bowl if you don't renegotiate your contract. But the Chiefs don't have any financial certainty going forward. I am very surprised they'd even commit $140 million to Patrick Mahomes right now when there was no need to. They had him for two more years. Let's see what's going on with COVID. Let's take a minute. So they call Patrick Mahomes. They say, how about this sort of deal? Mahomes says to his agent, you know, I think that if I waited 
three, four, two years, maybe I can even get a franchise tender like Dak Prescott. That's going to give me 30 to $40 million per season. Then I could do it again. Then I could be a free agent. And who knows? We could have new national TV money. COVID could be a thing of the past. The market could be great. The, the borders could be open. Life could be good. And maybe I could get 50 or $60 million in a guaranteed contract per year. Maybe my guarantee could be 200 or 220 or 240. But then his agent says to Patrick, but what if the other side happens? What if COVID stays around for two seasons? No fans, maybe no games. Well, no games, you're not going to get paid. So let's say games with no fans. Why not take the 140 million, put it dans ma poche. That's in my pocket in French. Although the agent would have said dans votre poche. Patrick Mahomes would have said, je suis d'accord dans mon poche. I agree with you in my pocket. So that's why Patrick Mahomes would say, I'll take the deal. This is an interesting deal for both sides. It has been reported completely incorrectly. The only thing to focus on when you're looking at contracts and putting them in historical perspective is guarantee. That I guarantee you. So what do you do if you're Deshaun Jackson today? I don't know if you have had a chance to take a look. Deshaun Jackson's a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're a football team in Philadelphia. And for whatever reason, he went on Instagram and he posted a, I don't know what you call it, Coco. Could you post a, a picture or a story or a, a, he posted on Instagram. His post starts with two words that I would suggest as a team president, I would tell my players when we're talking about our social media policy or when we're talking about in general how to act, I would say, here's two words you never want to post anywhere, but certainly not to start your post. Hitler said, comma, quote, Deshaun Jackson posted purportedly a quote by Hitler, which was an unbelievably anti-Semitic quote. Are you surprised? How is that possible that Hitler would post an anti-Semitic quote? It can't be. People went crazy. They gave Deshaun grief, hatred, anger, pushback. Deshaun Jackson gets back on Instagram and says the following. I don't know if he wordsmithed this. I don't know if he met his agent, because he should have. And I don't know if he had spoken to the Eagles at that time. I don't think he had. Because the chain of events is he put the post on Instagram. He started getting the blowback. And all of a sudden, there's an added ditty to the end. Anyone who feels I have hate towards the Jewish community took my post the wrong way. I have no hatred in my heart toward no one. Equality, equality. So when you post thing on your social media feed and you don't pay attention, you can get caught. But there's different levels. So I'm going to give you an example of something I did yesterday and I actually gave it thought, but I didn't do research and I still did the post. And I thought to myself, is this a mistake? Charlie Daniels died yesterday. Charlie Daniels, the country music star who has a song called The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Then that's the violin. They play the violin. And I told you once, you son of a bitch on the 
best there's ever been. Devils in the House of the Rising Sun. That's the song. Very famous. He's a great country music star. I love that song. And one of the lines is, uh, or the devil will steal your soul. So I put on Twitter, rest in peace, Charlie Daniels. And I hope that your soul doesn't get stolen. And I, and I know it won't. And I thought to myself, I don't know anything about Charlie Daniels. I love that one song, but I actually don't know. Is he racist? Is he sexist? Is he misogynist? Is he a criminal? Does he stand for something that I don't agree with? By tweeting about him and telling him that he's great and I miss him and I love him, does that mean that I am taking on his? And the answer is yes. Because if I found out later that Charlie Daniels, which he wasn't, as far as I know, any, anything other than a great man, I am promoting him. Therefore, I am saying I believe in what he believes in. Even if it's not true, that is what is implied by the written statement that I am making about his life. But there's a little gray area because I could argue to anyone who called me out because let's pretend that Charlie Daniels were a horrible man, which he wasn't, but say he was. And I got word of that after I sent the tweet because I didn't do enough research before I sent out the tweet. Then I would get to send a tweet that said, hey, I didn't know. Mia culpa. I do not support anything that he stands for. Click, send, post, repost. You don't have that luxury when you start your post with Hitler said. There is no one in the world who doesn't know what Hitler stood for, which, by the way, was not just the extinction of the Jews and the Jewish race. It was also the blacks and anyone who didn't have the supreme, full-blooded white within him. Everybody knows that. So when you are posting a quote that is purportedly by Hitler, you can't say after anyone who feels I have hate toward the Jews took it the wrong way. What other way would you expect us to take what you posted to Sean? I'm the president of that team. I immediately call him. I call his agent. I do a Zoom meeting and I say, Deshaun, here's how this is going to work. You're going to apologize and we are going to publicly admonish you. Then we're going to punish you because what you're doing is exactly what we are fighting against as it relates to you. The entire issues that have come up in 2020 that are in the spotlight, that have been in the spotlight for hundreds of years or should have been in a hotter spotlight about social injustice, racism, systemic racism toward black people. The Eagles came out and said, we have spoken with Deshaun Jackson about his social media posts, regardless of his intentions. I'm going to stop there for a quick note. I'm so sorry, Coca. Regardless of his intentions, can you believe that Miriam Webster, the dictionary, the main dictionary that we look for words has agreed that irregardless is now a word. Irregardless is not a word. It's, there's no such thing as irregardless. It's regardless. Regardless of his intentions, the message he shared were harmful offensive, and absolutely appalling. 
I don't think you need absolutely as an adjective to appalling. It's just appalling. It's not absolutely appalling. It's not partially appalling. It's not completely appalling. It's appalling. They have no place in our society and are not condoned or supported in any way by the organization. We are disappointed and we reiterated to Deshaun the importance of not only apologizing, but also using this platform to take action, et cetera, et cetera. We are continuing to evaluate the circumstances. I love that line. It's in every press release. Teams say it all the time. We had it actually in every press release. You know, when you do a new document and there's a form, this was our, a player gets in trouble form. It always said, we are continuing to evaluate the circumstances and we'll take appropriate action. Give me a break, right? I laughed when we'd ever send that out. We, what are you continuing to evaluate? I would say to our head PR guy, there's nothing to continue to evaluate. This is what happened. We know exactly what he did. We know exactly why he did it. And we have told him to apologize. He's going to apologize. There's nothing more to evaluate. If we're going to punish him, we're going to punish him, period, hard stop. It's, I, I, you know, I don't want people to misunderstand my anger here. It's not because I'm Jewish and he said something about Hitler. That's actually not the story. The story is that what we all do, and I gave you the Charlie Daniels example on purpose. We're so quick because we want to get something out there in social media. We want to be first. We want to get likes. We want to get followers. We want to get attention. We want to have that, those synapses in our brain and get sparked when we get traction on a tweet or traction on a photo. There's something chemically that makes us check our phone and feel some sort of, and by the way, I am 100% guilty of this, that we want that positive reinforcement, that what we have forgotten to do is take a beat. Breathe. Coca tells me all the time, before you send any tweet or post anything on Instagram or Facebook, Ask yourself, as Elaine would say in that great TV show, Seinfeld, was that tweet worthy? Was that Instagram worthy? And oftentimes the answer is no. No one cares my opinion on X, Y, or Z. Leave it in the drafts. The question for Deshaun Jackson is why would he even think to put that in the drafts to say nothing of actually posting it. MLB and MLBPA are fighting again. Oh, no, sorry, that's yesterday's show. In other news today, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association have not agreed. No, sorry, I'm on the wrong document. One second, please. In news today, Major League Baseball has announced, okay, no, that was yesterday too. Okay. Oh, we got it. In other news, the NFL and the NFL Players Association have now started to argue. Really? Yes, they have. You knew that because on nothing personal, you're paying attention, which by the way, you know how much which I appreciate when you watch on YouTube. It's our own channel, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. Thank you. Download, subscribe, tell your friends. You know 
that MLB and the arguments they were having was just the beginning of leagues having arguments. You know that we said the NFL had some serious work to do. There were going to be issues with their players about not just replaying the 2020 season, but going forward with what's going to happen to the salary cap, et cetera. Well, those arguments have begun. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, dun, da, dun, da. I just realized, Coca, that is the absolute wrong music for when an argument starts, right? I think that's the city slicker music when you're riding a horse. It's a totally different da 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 da. It's da 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 Although I think that's Price is Right. That may not be it either. In any case, pretend I played the music that introduces an argument. What are they arguing about? What do you think? We're during the time of COVID. They're arguing about health and safe protocols. They're arguing about games. The NFL Players Association has said, we don't want to play preseason games. The NFL hates playing preseason games. Do you know why they don't like playing preseason games? What's your guess, Coca? What would be the number one reason that the players don't want to play a preseason game? Anyone? Bueller, 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 because in a preseason game, they don't get, they don't get, they don't get money and they could get anyone. They could get healthy or hurt anyone. They could get hurt. Yes. Preseason games in football are never exciting for the players to play especially because their money, as we just outlined at the beginning of the show, is not guaranteed. So as it is, because of time, NFL has cut the preseason from four games to two. Now the players have said, we want to cut from two to zero. So what do they do? They adopted a resolution. This is pretty good. The players held a conference call to discuss many issues regarding COVID. All 32 teams were on the call. It was a two-hour call. And they decided that while the games were necessary, right, because the chairman of the NFL said games are necessary to prepare players for the season. But the players said, in the absence of medical justification for holding any preseason games, the board calls upon the NFL to cancel all preseason games due to the ongoing COVID pandemic, and it passed unanimously. What this means in labor is, as you know, there are owners and there are players, management and union. You have a collective bargaining agreement, and when issues come up in that collective bargaining agreement. There have to be formal votes and formal negotiating positions and then formal communications given to the other side. It does not mean the NFL owners have to cancel the two games just because the players said we have unanimously stated that we don't want to play the two games. The players in their collective bargaining agreement have already agreed to play preseason games and that hasn't changed. So the leverage that the players have is slightly above the size of an amoeba. It's zero. Where do they have leverage when it comes to COVID? Because COVID in the collective bargain agreement is something that 
is has to be negotiated. These protocols, something that is different and changing during the course of a collective bargaining agreement, that has to be negotiated. Does any of this sound familiar to you? It's what happened in baseball. COVID forced there to be a new agreement, that March 26th agreement in baseball, where all the fighting was about that March 26th agreement. Well, the NFL and the players have to come up with an agreement on health protocols as well. And they are far from it. This is day one of the back and forth between the NFL and the NFL players. Will they be able to do it more quietly than baseball did it? Will they be able to do it with less rhetoric than baseball was able to do it with? Will they be able to do it and have the maximum number of games possible in a season the way baseball could not? It's a big time wait to see. It's not today's wait to see, but we will revisit this topic. NFL, NFL PA, they've started to argue. Okay, I... I try. I really do try on nothing personal. I think this is episode 169, plus all the Samson sit-downs and some of the bonus episodes. I, I think you understand that politics are a part of this show. Entertainment is a part of this show. We review movies every day or TV shows. I've told you that I just want you to vote. I want to give you reason to dig deeper into certain issues. I want to give you cause to think about issues that impact yourself, your family, your community, your city, your state, your country. And then I want you to vote. Whether you vote for a Republican or a Democrat, I have great respect either way. Yesterday, our president, who likes Twitter more than I do, sent out a tweet, and I've not been able to wrap my arms around it exactly quite yet. The tweet was about Bubba Wallace, who is the driver in NASCAR. As you recall, there was a garage pull rope that was a noose that was found in his stall. It was then discovered or found by the FBI not to be a crime against Bubba Wallace, not a hate crime. NASCAR rallied around Bubba Wallace. Remember, they walked his car I think it was in Talladega, but I could be wrong, Coca. They walked his car to the front of the line before a race. Yada, yada. It was a big story. Afterward, there was an acknowledgement that that noose had been there long before Bubba Wallace got into the garage. It's all very unclear. The president tweeted yesterday, Has Bubba Wallace apologized to all those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax? That and the flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. And he's talking about NASCAR, which, by the way, fact check isn't true. So I was trying to understand what would cause our president to tweet that. Because why does Wallace need to apologize for anything? He didn't report this to the FBI. He's handled this. This the, the spotlight that has been on him has been unbelievable. And he's handled it in the best way possible. The player, the other drivers in NASCAR, 
NASCAR is an industry. All of those issues that they've been confronting with banning the Confederate flag, dealing with the Bubba Wallace situation, they've handled with great aplomb. Forgetting which side of the argument you're on. I don't care that it was the president tweeting that, though, of course, I don't believe the president should be tweeting that because he should have plenty of other things to worry about. Although I, I could argue that he's doing that to help his base in order to get reelected. But the reality is, I want to know why any of us believe that anyone would have to make an apology when that person feels as though there has been a message of hate or intolerance or racism in any way, shape, or form made toward him, her, or them. Tell me. They may be wrong. They may have misinterpreted it. But that doesn't mean they didn't feel it. That doesn't mean that we have the right to say to that person that what you feel is wrong. We can say that the action that made you feel the way you feel was not what you thought it was, but we may not say that the feeling that you had because of what you thought was happening is not yours to have. Bubba Wallace should never have to apologize to anybody for feeling what he felt. And NASCAR immediately came to his defense. A driver, actually, went public named Tyler Reddick and said, we don't need an apology. We did what was right, and we will do just fine without your support. He tweeted at POTUS. That's president of the United States, by the way. Tyler Reddick stood up and said to Wallace publicly, we don't need an apology. And then he tweeted directly at the president. And then he deleted his tweet. I believe he was told to delete his tweet by his sponsors and by NASCAR and by Bubba. And the reason I believe that is that what Bubba Wallace stands for is inclusion. What he stands for is no finger pointing, no name calling, no racism, none of that systemic anger and hatred based on either beliefs, ideals, or looks. He doesn't need Reddick. Reddick doesn't need to tweet that we'll do fine without your support, Mr. President, because that will become obvious the way you act. And if you, Tyler Reddick, don't need to apologize to Bubba Wallace because you don't feel you need to apologize, you don't have to tweet it. You just don't apologize. You call up and you say to Bubba Wallace, you don't need to apologize to me. I'm Tyler Reddick and I would stand up for you no matter what. Other NASCAR drivers could call Bubba Wallace. I respect what Reddick did by trying to send out a tweet backing up his friend, Bubba Wallace, even if it's not his friend, his teammate, even if it's not his teammate, his fellow racer, his fellow athlete. I understand the pressures that happen when companies call you and say, do this or do that. We talked about it with the Washington Redskins and the pressure that has been put to bear on the Redskins to change their name. I get corporate pressure. I get that money wins. That's our show, that it's business. Bubba Wallace then had the last word. 
he released yet another statement and he did talk directly to the president. But he also talked to everybody. And he ended his statement by saying, always deal with the hate being thrown at you with love. Love over hate every day. Love should come naturally as people are taught to hate. So that's a fraction of Bubba Wallace's statement, but I wanted to focus on it for you and say to you, Bubba Wallace, however many people helped him with this, because all athletes get help, all executives get help. There are no statements that ever get sent out with anyone reading or seeing them or wordsmithing them. And when they do, you know it because it's on nothing personal, because sometimes people get the wrong people to help them and the statements end up poor at best, grammatically inferior at best. Bubba Wallace's point is incredibly well taken. What we're trying to do in 2020 is stop the string of hate being taught. NASCAR has had its share of off-the-field issues, I'll tell you that. Okay, so I watched a, uh, a movie and uh, from one sort of serious thing to another here, but I have to tell you about this documentary because it's critical that that you watch it. And when we come back, you are going to see that an A is not always the best grade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back. I've been watching a lot of documentaries, a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. I'm reviewing a new documentary on Netflix called Athlete A. Athlete A. I had no idea what it was about. I saw that it was about gymnastics and USA Gymnastics, and I decided to sit down and watch it. I was quickly reminded in two minutes that it was about Dr. Larry Nasser. Dr. Larry Nasser was the team doctor for the USA gymnastics team. And he is now spoiler alert in prison. Here's the story of what happened in women's gymnastics. And it makes me so angry that I spent the hour and a half watching the documentary. I, I could not 
I couldn't contain myself. I was pacing in the room where I was watching. I was figuring out how I would discuss it on nothing personal because I knew I was going to review it. And I was trying to understand how this works. These are girls underage doing gymnastics, forgetting the fact that parents are pushing their girls into gymnastics at young ages, forget the fact of what it does to their body, the eating disorders, forget the fact that delays to menstruation, forget all the negatives that happen when you're striving to become an Olympic athlete. And the fact is very few of these girls ever make it to the Olympics. It's just the top of the top. It's like making the major leagues. It's practically impossible. But what you're doing is impacting these girls and their health forever. Forget all that. Parents agree to do that to their kids. But when you take your child and put them into the USA Gymnastics program, here's what you don't expect. You don't expect that the team doctor is going to sexually molest your daughter. And you don't expect that the president of USA Gymnastics when you tell the president that the team doctor is sexually molesting your daughter, you don't expect the team president to say, we're on it. We got it. Don't call anyone. Don't say anything to anyone. Keep it quiet. Stay quiet. We're going to investigate. We'll get back to you. There's a mother of a gymnast who heard that and took their word for it. Turns out they didn't go to the FBI. Maggie Nichols is the gymnast's name. She came forward in 2015 about Dr. Larry Nasser, and no one did a goddamn thing about it. Not Steve Penny, not Bella or Marta Caroli. The Carolis, have you ever watched gymnastics? Remember, they're the ones who coached Nadia Comaneci in 76, and then they defected to the U.S. and became coaches of the U.S. team. They have a whole ranch where you go, and it's exclusive and amazing. You get to be at the Caroli Gymnastics Ranch. You send your girls there. You can't visit them. You don't know what they're eating. Not a lot. They're training. They go see the team doctor. The team doctor's molesting them, every one of them. And everyone knows. And the girls don't talk about it because they say, is that normal? I guess it's normal. I don't know. Is that what you do to stretch my leg that you have to stick your fingers in my crotch? That seems, I guess, did that, did that happen to you? Yeah, that happened to me. Yeah, I guess we should just keep going because we're trying to make the Olympics. And, you know, he gives us candy on the side and a little food when the Corollis don't want to feed us. It's disgusting. It's criminal. Dr. Larry Nasser finally got arrested. He did it to hundreds of girls. In this documentary, it goes through a story, some of which you know, some of which you don't know. After listening to this, you know more than I knew going in. The reason why you should watch Athlete A is simple. Ask yourself this. When you are responsible for a minor, your child, your sibling, and you are putting them in a position where money and glory and competition are at stake. Ask questions. Stay involved. Parents are so busy wanting to do what's best for their kids, wanting their kids to follow their dreams and have their Olympic dreams come true. 
that year after year after year, these girls were subject to this monster who will die in prison, but not soon enough and not in a worse enough way. That, that these girls were subjected to this level of, of abuse that impacted and ruined their lives, not just while they were gymnasts, but to this day and for every day. For a shot at a gold medal and on a box, getting yourself on a box of Wheaties, you're going to turn your eye and your head. It's shameful. They're going after Steve Penny now, the president of USA Gymnastics, and he's just as culpable. Can you imagine when it's reported that there is sexual abuse going on and you don't do anything about it because you need to protect your industry, your cottage industry of gymnastics or college sports or top five athletic programs. It's just wrong. Athlete A. Today's day 14 of the ML Beer Challenge. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not sad. It just is. Today's day 14, 114 days with a beard. I'm keeping track. Are you? Wait to see. So wait to see is this. Wait to see is when we get to you and we will tell you what's going to happen. Some days we're going to be right. Some days we're going to be wrong. But either way, we're going to follow up. Our producer, Matthew Coca, the bearded wonder himself, broke a story yesterday. Can you imagine Matthew Coca breaking a story? He found out from his source in Abu Dhabi, Fight Island, a.k.a. UFC Fight Island. Remember that wait to see where I said UFC will never have a private Fight Island and I told you I was wrong even though I still think I'm right because all they did was board a charter plane and fly to Abu Dhabi. And they say, look, it's surrounded by water. That's an island. No, it's not a private island. He was supposed to buy an island from Richard Branson or Johnny Depp. Anyway, the next wait to see is there is going to be a positive test on Fight Island. Now, they had all these protocols in place. It was unbelievable, actually. They're going to test before they get to the airport. Then they're going to test when they land. Then they're going to quarantine in Abu Dhabi. Then they're going to make sure they're socially distanced. By the way, I'm not sure how you do UFC fights, socially distancing, but I guess you do. Then they're going to have separate areas for food and beach and press and this. It's Everything is perfect. Don't you worry. Dana White's on the case. How long have they been there, Coca? How long have they been on Fight Island? Is it a week? Has there actually been a fight from Fight Island? Have we seen anybody fight yet? They've been there for a couple of days. Thank you, Coca. There is the first fight this weekend. Today is, uh, wet, is, uh, today is July 7th, Tuesday, July 7th. The first fight will be this weekend. Guess what? They already have their first positive test. Yeah, that's a wait to see from June 10th. And I'm collecting because I was right. There was a fight. No, that wasn't the wait to see. I totally blew that. Stop that. Ready, Coca? Three, cut. Three, two, one. I nailed the wait to see from June 10th, 2020, where I said UFC will have a positive test on Fight Island. And there was. Wait to see today. MLB schedule got released. 60-game schedule. 
We'll talk about it another day, but here's the specific way to see for today. There will be an MLB game canceled because of COVID, not because of weather or rain or wind or hurricane. An MLB game this year will be canceled. And this is not, if the whole season's canceled, I don't win this. Once the season starts, there will be an MLB game canceled. Why is MLB and NHL and NBA and UFC, they're continuing on. They're continuing merrily on. You know why. You know it. It's business. It's nothing personal.